This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yup, it's TMZ Verified, the podcast. I'm Wild. I'm Steph. I'm Isaac. And we have a super special episode for you guys this week. We went to VidCon. Woo! It was so fun and such a cool experience. I had a blast interviewing all the people we talked to. Yeah, and we talked to a lot of really cool influencers. Also, by the way, Blue Ivy was there. That was the craziest part for me. That was insane. When you told me that, I was like, there's no way. Mm -hmm. As soon as I told Wild that, he went running. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, rightfully so. But we we also did some really amazing interviews. We got to talk to Laron Hines, who's a super popular TikToker. He does that Are You Smart videos. We have the girl who calls out every guy who deserves it, Drew Afualo. And I got to speak with Rachel Levin, who talked to me all about her career as a YouTuber, now a TikToker, and some exciting music stuff she has coming out. Plus, Steph, you talked to the real Toddy, right? Yes, which is one of my favorite girls ever. Back to 2020, that girl got me through the pandemic. She's all about comedy, and she really just will make you laugh. Yeah, guys, this episode was a lot of fun. And it was our first time, like, on location somewhere, so that was different. Just a little switch up from the studio. So sit back, relax, enjoy these interviews. They are awesome. Let's check them out. Welcome back to TMZ Verified. I'm Steph. And I'm Tati, also known as The Real Tati. I am obsessed with this girl. She is everything that you need to follow on TikTok. I have a couple questions for you. Straight from my brain, I really need to know, where does the creative thoughts for your TikToks come to fruition? Because they're getting a million views every time. Honestly, I get inspiration from my For You page. And if I see a video that I know that my audience is going to like, I'm going to do a quick little reaction to it and let it see see what happens. So I started following you in 2020. That's when you really like yes. popped off, I remember. And the first couple of videos you did, it was sort of like, okay, this girl knows, knows the trends. She knows what she's doing. What has been your favorite part of the journey so far from 2020 to now? Like, what are you loving so far about your job now? Honestly, I love my growth. I love that so much. And I love that I can make people happy with the videos that I make. What are you thinking future-wise plans? You got your TikTok success. You're at VidCon today. What is in the future for Toddy? In the future, hopefully, I will have my own TV show. And I also want to open up my own restaurant, Soul Food, dedicated to my grandmother, Mrs. Rose, RIP. (laughs) I love it. If someone doesn't know who you are, how would you describe your TikTok niche? What exactly people come back for? The whole thing. So, if you don't know who I am, my name is Tati, and I am a entertainer, entertainer, uh, cook, funny girl, and I'm just good vibes. <laughs> what are you excited about VidCon? Why are you here? What are you looking forward to? This is my first VidCon ever, and I'm just excited just to be in the building. I never thought that I would be at VidCon. Like, it's so crazy. You know, just life is crazy. I'm ex- who am I? I'm excited to see Mr. Beast. Uh, hopefully I can get to him. I know he gonna have security all around him. 
When you started TikTok, did you really think it was going to pop off like this? Have you always had that in entrepreneur entrepreneur vibe to you when it came to career? Did this just in 2020 pop off for you? So I've always tried to go viral. Like when I was growing up, like in middle school and high school, I've always been like an internet kid, but it didn't work for me. So then I just gave it a shot and downloaded TikTok and yeah. What's been your favorite video that you posted so far? Or maybe you want to even share your favorite one that like went viral because you've got I mean, I don't even, I can't even think of which one went viral because it's every single one. You get the most views of anyone I know. <laughs> my favorite one is my AirPod video. And I'm like, they blinking because they fake. Ain't no shame in my game. I don't care. <laughs> it is so funny. That's my favorite one. Okay. Thank you so much, Tati, for meeting Thank with you. me. Shout out to TMZ. Tell, tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at The Real Tati, and you can find me on TikTok at The Real Tati. Yup, it's TMZ Verified the Podcast. I'm wild. I am here with Mr. Are You Smart himself, Laron Hines. What's going on, man? What's up, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Okay, okay. You are here at VidCon, but you are clearly one of the biggest TikTok creators, dude. Oh, wow. No, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, how does it feel, though? Because you kind of had like a, like a sudden rise to TikTok fame. How was that? I mean, to be honest, man, like from the outside looking in, it seemed very sudden, but like... I had been very familiar with social media and been kind of doing a little bit with social media prior to it. I had a little bit of success, but of course not the level that I'm having now. So it's like I be- I developed like a smaller following. So whenever I did introduce the Are You Smart content to the world, it was like kind of just amazing that the audience that I already had was vibing with it. So it, it was a pretty good feeling. And then I really don't think it hit me of how big it was until like, you know, I would go different places and people would like, you know, re- re- recognize me. So it's like, it's it's crazy, but it's been, it's been fun. It's, it's been a, it's been a journey, but I'm very excited to see where it takes me. So where did that come from though? Because I see everybody on TikTok or any social media creator, they have these like niche videos that they do. So what was it? Is you're like chilling in your crib one day that you were like, okay, I'm gonna try to do this. Are you smart thing? <laughs> so um, really with mine, it came from the pandemic. Um, we lived here in L.A., moved here in 2018. The pandemic happened. We had to move back to our hometown in Mississippi. So when I was there, I just graduated high school. So I was just at home chilling, doing nothing. My mom comes in the room. She's like, uh, I don't know what you're doing, but you can't just sit here in this house and do nothing all day. I'm like, okay. So she's like, we have the family daycare. Like our family owns the daycare. So she's like, you can do something, go to the daycare, go hang out with the kids, go do something productive with your time. So I'm like, okay, but I know I don't want to take care of kids for the rest of my life. Not in a traditional sense, right? Not not in a traditional sense. That's not like my, my, my thing to do, but, but like, you know, I always felt like I've had a natural way with kids. Like, you know, the kids just always like naturally love me and I do love the kids as well too. So me being there was like really good for them and good for me at the same time as well. So when I was there, I would just hang out with them, talk to them. I wouldn't, like, you know, of course, I'm not the traditional person. Like, you know, we're not going to do ABCs, one, two, threes. We're going to talk and have a good time. So (laughs) we're talking and I'm just asking them questions. Like, Like, I bet you don't even know who the president is. And they'll say, like, that's like Spongebob or something like that. So I was like, you know what, this is, this is something I should film. So then I asked my mom before doing anything, cause like, you know, you have to get parent permission and everything. So we did that and it was just, it's been a success ever since. <laughs> How does it feel though, as a creator to come from, I know you were living in LA, you went back to your hometown in Mississippi. What, what was that transition like as your TikTok fame took off? Did you just immediately move back to LA? Cause I know you're here for the most part now. Yes, I, I moved back here officially back in February. Like I've been coming back and forth since like last year, but I officially moved back in February. So it's just been kind of interesting. Like we, I talked to my mom, we kind of joked about it. We're like, 
we really moved out here in order for you to have a career, and your career took off when you were at home. Like, <laughs> so we make a joke about that every now and then. But um, it's been very, it's been very fun, very interesting. Now that I'm out here and the world is opening up a little bit more, uh, there's a lot more things going on. Like you know, VidCon is happening right now. We have a lot of different events, red carpets that I get invited to, which I'm very, very excited about. Very excited about. Right. All right. So. I've seen you work with a number of notable public figures. I've just seen you with Kiki Palmer, what, like last week? Dude, what has been your favorite collab that you've done with a celeb so far? Oh, gosh. Okay. Kiki's definitely up there. She's one of my favorites. I love Kiki. I love Kiki. Yes. Yeah. Uh, top three, probably Kiki, Issa Rae. I love Issa Rae. And um, Kehlani. I love Kehlani so much. They've just been, um, everyone I've met has been basically very nice, but like, you know, it's just the time that they took mm -hmm. to like, you know, talk to me. Like, I even went to a party with Kehlani that night. <laughs> like, we, we were like planning on going to a party and everything. So like, that was, that was really cool. I got a chance to meet them, talk to them. And it's just like, you know, the genuine connection that we had outside of the video as well, too, that I really enjoyed. Has there, any, has, there, has there ever been a piece of content that you created that you were like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to put this video out. Have you had that moment yet? Yes, and surprisingly, those are the videos that people love and enjoy the most. <laughs> okay, what are, your, what are your videos that have been popping that you would say you were like skeptical about a little bit? Man, like, it's been a couple of the Are You Smart videos. I'm like, okay, these are cool, but it's like, it's not like funny as they normally are. But like, but like, I'm still gonna post it because, like, you know, the kids, they, they look good, they felt good, they answered, they felt pretty confident. So we're still gonna post it. If it does good, cool. If it doesn't do good, I don't care because we're all having a good time. The video does amazing. Like, <laughs> it's probably like one of my top three most liked videos. And then um, also, I do like musical content as well, too. I'm very hard on myself about my music, like, you know, because I'm a very big perfectionist. So whenever I drop something, I'm like, oh god, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna hate it. They're gonna hate it. They're gonna hate it. But um, I think recently I just did um, a remix to a Chloe Bailey song, "Treat Me," and um, I like added my own like little verse to it or whatever. And um, it got a lot of great feedback from it. So I was just very shocked about that. I was like, y'all being very nice today. Okay, wait, okay, okay. So wait, I wanted to talk about the music, dude, because I feel like there's a part of you that we often miss because you do such a great content on social media. Tell me about your relationship with Robin Thicke, dude. Like, is he helping you with that music process? Or like, tell me about it. I know you guys are working on the show, which we'll get to, but yeah. just tell me about how your initial introduction started. So um, initially with Robin, um, he was telling me that his wife was actually a really big fan of my videos. And like every night when they were just like, you know, just like, you know, hanging out around the house in pandemic, she would just show him the videos. And then he says that he was just like, this kid has something special. I really need to talk to him. So I'm back home in Mississippi. I, I remember I remember it vividly. I was filming an audition because, like, you know, they were just starting back to do, like, the self-tape auditions for acting. So I was filming an audition. My mom's helping me. And then I get a notification on my phone. It says, new message request from Robin Thicke. I uh. I look at my mom and I'm like, my, my look at this. Somebody trying to somebody trying to prank me being Robin Thicke. This is so funny. So then I open up the um the DM request. I'm like, this is a verified account. And oh, it looks legit. Like this is a let me let me just reply. I was like, you probably hacked. Let's see what it is. And then we exchanged numbers. He calls me. It's actually Robin Thicke. And then he's like, we want you to come out to LA. We're gonna start working on a couple things. And right now he has me working on um, he just wants to develop me more as like, you know and all around, so he's helping me out with acting. I'm in acting classes, I'm doing vocal lessons, I'm doing studio sessions, so it's just like, all aspects of my life, he's trying to like, you know, help me get, get out as much as I can, because like originally that's where I came from, like, you know, I was doing music and acting originally. The social media just kinda 
yeah. ran its own course, and I'm very thankful for it, though. Yeah. I feel like it happens that way for a lot of people. So tell me about this TV project that you guys are working on. What can you tell me about this project? Okay, I can tell you about this project. There's going to be a Snapchat original, so I'm super excited about that. Um, it's going to be like a reality show, and it's kind of just documenting my success story. Like, you know, how I come from this small town in Mississippi, how I ended up in this big city in L.A. working with a pop star like Robin Thicke. Like, you know, just doing all these amazing things. They just kind of want to broadcast it and show my rising success and just... Just to see where it takes me. And then it's just a couple of the things that I'm working on as well, too. Like, he wants me to, like, start writing my own, like, you know, show as in a sitcom oh, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So I'm very excited about that. We have that in the works as well, too. I'm, it's, a, it's a lot happening. You're working, dude. You are working out here. This is what, this is what, this is my dream. Like, you know, I feel like I'm making a younger version of myself very, like, proud. Right. I will say that, yes. <laughs> is there any or anyone that you haven't collaborated with that you are like, if I get Beyonce, other than Beyonce, but if you're like, if I get this person, this is who I want. Like, who is that person for you? Listen, you lost me when you said other than Beyonce. But, <laughs> no, we love, like, only Beyonce. <laughs> right. Listen, I would love to, of course, Beyonce, because, like, she's been one of my biggest influences, like, throughout. Because you know, she's, she's Beyonce. Like, you know, perfectionist, great singer, great dancer, great actor. I would love to do something with Beyonce. And she sent me an Ivy Park box. So Did I, you know Blue Ivy was here today? You're lying. I swear I didn't make that up. No, no. I, I did not make that up. I didn't. It's I'll, the go, truth. I'll go find blue right now. I mean, look, if y'all make a video later, I'm just saying. Yes, but um, other than Beyonce, um, I would love to meet Megan the Stallion. I just feel like she has a great energy, and I would just love to meet her. And of course, Chloe Bailey. I said that earlier. Yeah. Chloe Bailey, if you're watching this, what's up? Um, <laughs> but yeah, those that's that's the list. Yes. So, what is the next wave of Laron? What is that? Are you trying to focus more on the music thing? Or are you just trying to juggle all of it? Like, what is your like? What are you putting your energy into mostly? Man, um, we're juggling right now. Um, we're juggling like crazy. But um, there is a lot of focus happening in music. I'm in the studio again. I'm working on my first single. Um, I want to have it done by, like, you know, the end of the summer, maybe. We're, like, recording a bunch of songs and just picking which one we want to be the lead single. And then by the end of the year, we should have an album. So that's that's what I'm hoping to go for. So just really quick, dude, what, what are you doing with the rest of your summer? What the rest of your summer looking like? People are always like, the next five years. What are you doing with the rest of your summer? The rest of my summer, man. Oh, God. That's a great question. I have... A lot of things I have to, I have a lot of traveling I'm very excited of, a lot of things that I'm working on that I get to, like, of course, more studio sessions. Um, we're just gonna be working this summer. We're gonna be working, yes. All right, last question I think. What inspires your style, dude? Because you are so fly, so fly. Thank you. Oh, wow. Um, really and truly, I try to mix up my style, I guess you could say. I like to tell myself this, even though I don't know if I'm really executing it or not. <laughs> but um, being from Mississippi and, like, you know, living a lot in L.A., I like both of the styles there. But, like, you know, I kind of like to mix it in my own way and kind of have, like, a medium yeah. version to where it's Laron. Like, you know, there's a, there's some southernness to it, <laughs> but it's not, like, you know, outright country. I and then, like, <laughs> and it's not, like, super L.A. I like yeah, that. it's not, like, super L.A. It's very in between. Mm. Oh, wait, I, I lied. I have another question. There are a lot of creators here today. Is there anybody? I hear that you're like, yo, I'm gonna try to try to connect with them while I get, while I can. Man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess if I see like Charlie Davilio, that. I mean, good. I just saw her, dude. She. <laughs> All right, look, Charlie, Blue Ivy, like we got the whole, we got it, we got it lined up. All right, Laron, thank you so much for your time, man. Before we let you go, tell the people where they can find you. Tell them your TikTok. We'll drop it on the screen, but tell them anyway. All right, you guys can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Laron Hines Official. Check me out. Yeah, I have a couple things coming up. So, yeah, be on the lookout.
If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Adidas, Macy's, or Levi's. And you can even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares that money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal, or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Welcome back to TMZ Verified. I'm here with Rachel Levin. Hi, thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? Oh my God, I'm doing so good. How are you doing? I'm good. Is this your first VidCon? This is my sixth VidCon. Your sixth VidCon. Yeah. When, when was the first? What year? Uh, maybe two... I have no recollection. That's how, that's how many years? I don't remember. That's, that's crazy. Um, so if you aren't sure of who Rachel is, she is an amazing social media content creator, actress, comedian, DIY queen, everything and beyond. Would you say so? I have ADHD and so does my career. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So you kind of, your whole career kicked off with the pr- princess videos, would you say? Um... A little bit. Like, I don't feel like I gained more subscribers from the princess videos, but those videos have hella views. So I'm going to go with, yeah. Those videos are what, like, I grew up on. Like, I, yes, yes. Back, like, I would say, what is that, like, eight years ago, six, six yeah. years ago? Says 2015 and 2016. Oh my God. Ew. Time happens really fast. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's, that's what I remember you from. And since then you've grown on Instagram, you've grown on TikTok. You now have a beauty brand. I do. Our club cosmetics. Yeah. So how's that going for you? I like it. I set up a booth for VidCon. I didn't like that experience. A lot of heavy lifting and I'm very lazy. I get that for sure. How's, um, where did that creativeness for the makeup come from? Um, I just did it. I didn't like think of anything specific for it. And what out of that line is your favorite product? I like the lip glosses because you could put them on and go like this and like your hair won't get stuck to it. But I don't know if that's like a common, for me, that's an issue. When my hair gets stuck to lip glosses, it makes me mad. But I feel like maybe... I also don't like the sticky things in general. Like my biggest fear is like a child running at me with a lollipop held upside down and then trying to touch my face. That's really scary. It's, it's a lot. That is a lot. So my lip gloss has to be not sticky. Um, and so your lip gloss is not sticky. My lip gloss is not sticky. We love that. So TikTok, you've been growing. Your videos are hilarious. You're just creative as hell. Where do you find that? you know, creative energy and to make these videos constantly. And do you ever feel like sometimes it's hard to wake up in the morning because I know we deal with, you know, our mental health and mental struggles and, you know, talk about that a bit. Um, so when it pertains to creating content for TikTok, at least, I feel like it's so just the most bare bones, regular thing that you can do, like the most relatable concept. If you make that into a video, everyone's like, oh my gosh, like a video that went viral for no reason. No reason was me being like me putting the end piece of bread back into the bread 
back into the bread thing so because I convinced myself it stops the other bread from getting stale and everyone's like yes I'm like that is something that I have I still think is true no it's it's honestly it's definitely true I'm I actually I say definitely it's probably not true but like the most bare like I don't need to think for those ideas like I literally just have to be like oh that's your brain I'm putting bread inside of this this is this is content this is good content yeah exactly so yeah that's it and then waking up in the morning um, I have a therapist they make it really easy to wake up in the morning we love a good therapist mm-hmm. and waking up without an alarm the best part about being a content creator. Not having to set an alarm. Yeah, you get to work for yourself. Yeah, I set an alarm today, like for the panels and stuff. It's terrible. Yeah, you're terrible. Like, I'd never want to do this. I did it in high school. Ugh. So you talk a lot about though mental health on your platforms. Um, how do you find helping, or do people reach out to you to ask, you know, for advice? And how do you give that advice back to people? So I definitely have people reaching out for advice about mental health. A thing that you wouldn't know is a big proponent or a big piece of being an influencer is, like, you have to talk a lot of people down, like, off, like, that they'll come to you and be like, I'm going to do this tonight. And I'm like, no, no, here's $1,000. Go to the spa. Go do something. You do that with your fans? Yeah, like, I'll, I'll pay for a lot of fans' therapy because I'm like— Wow, that is crazy. It's like, I want them to be good. I don't want them to, to leave. Like, for what? Um, But yeah, I would say if anyone ever asks, like, oh, how do you feel so confident? I'll tell them the steps that I took to get there. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of steps. But yeah, I would say I do give advice a lot. That's amazing. That truly is. Um, And how how do you deal with, you know, all these followers on a day-to-day? I mean, you're crazy. Like, you do you get—how is it getting noticed being out and about, you know— You've had it for, it's been growing, like, for so many years, it's been, you know, like this. So has it, you know, is it draining? Do you love it all the time? I would say I love it all the time. I've never had a negative experience with, like, a follower. Like, there's the not followers that I'll have negative experiences from, but I'm like, you're not my demographic. I don't care what you think. But um, I would say, no, I, it's, it's fun. I like it. I like getting noticed. I like when I go outside. I haven't been leaving the house as much because of COVID, but... Like, when I do go out, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, it reminds you of what you love to do. Yeah, exactly. That's great. So if you could tell everyone where they can follow you, where they can find you. You can follow me on YouTube and Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram at rclbeauty101. And do you have anything else coming out that people should know? Do you have any, you know, tr- tricks, tr- tips? Any cool videos, any anything you want to tell the TMZ audience? Okay, yeah. I have, I'm launching my music career next month. Music? Why don't we, we need to start with this. <laughs> we need to start with this. Tell us about that. Um, it's all good. I, uh, so I've been, so I released one song like three years ago. I don't like it. Don't listen to it. Okay. I'm telling you right now, do not search my name on Spotify. You'll be disappointed. I mean, you might like it. I will be disappointed, but yeah. So I've been making music for the past like five years and it took a while to find a song that I like. So I have a lot of songs I don't like, but I finally figured out my style and now I'm ready to launch. I have like 15 songs ready to go. I'm like, let's do it. Is it going to be an album? Um, so I'm going to launch with three singles and I'll do an EP because apparently Spotify does not like albums. They like EPs. So I will trust their algorithm and do that. And then, yeah. That's amazing. So do you write your own music? I do. So I'll write my concepts and then sometimes I'll work with a songwriter. I have the songwriter work with Rachel West. 
oh, I love her. She she gets my vibe. So we'll we'll write songs together. But I'll come in with the concept and like the general lyrics. And then she'll figure out like melodies and stuff and like sometimes cooler lyrics. So it's very collaborative. I love her. Yes. That's amazing. Well, I cannot wait to listen to that music. And then with music, maybe a tour. Yeah. No, I want to do a tour. I just have to figure out how to not get stressed out about that. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of work. Well, thank you again. It was so nice talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely. Everyone, be sure to check in on all her social medias. And we will see you next time. Welcome back to Team Z Verified. I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. (laughs) Today we are here with one of my favorite people on TikTok. I would describe her as the girl who calls out these misogynistic men on TikTok. You have the most iconic laugh of all time, and I love her content. How would you describe your niche or exactly what you do on TikTok to anyone who hasn't seen your page? Um, I've been called many names uh, across the internet. I would say I'm more so a crusader of women and others, so I basically defend women and many other marginalized groups from terrible men online. I set the scales back to even. <laughs> yeah. So, where did this all start? Because that's the one thing I think I don't know about you is yeah. where did this all begin? How do you start duetting videos of men being misogynistic on TikTok? Um, my journey on TikTok started after I left the NFL, so I was working for them, left there. And then the pandemic hit, so I started, my boyfriend encouraged me to start posting videos. How I started posting videos of me making fun of men specifically, I don't really remember. I just know that I was, at the same time I was posting um, videos of myself talking about my relationship with my boyfriend and my boyfriend's a cis-hetero man, I'm a cis-hetero woman. So I think those two balls rolling at the same time is what made people like really like me because they were like, well, I want to talk my you know, trash to men, but, like, I'm afraid men won't love me. Or, like, men always try to say, like, terrible men. Always try to say that you'll never find love if you are outspoken. So I think, like, I saw, I did one, and then everyone's like, I like this. Please do it again. Please do it again. So then it just kind of snowballed into this, like, huge thing, which is what it is now, which is great. <laughs> I know, I know when I watch your videos, sometimes I leave your page being like, I can talk to anybody and put them right in their place. And what would your advice be to anyone who doesn't know how to stand up to men or doesn't know like a strategy? Because it really is kind of like, okay, you really break it down. So give us kind of your strategy. And you're talking about making fun of terrible men, right? All right. Well, here's some staples, right? Height's always a big one. Listen, not all short men are terrible. However, all terrible men are short. That's a fact. And then also hairlines. That's another staple. Cabs. That's another staple. Or you talk about how small the cabs are, how bad the hairline is. It buckles them immediately, especially if they're terrible. So those are just my staples. Those are my go-tos. If you're like me with like an infinite Rolodex of cartoon characters, then I'll just like compare them. But that's something that always hits is like if you tell them like, you look like someone whose toes hang over the front of a slide. That hits them every time. They really can't recover back from those. But start small, work your way up. That's what I always say, if you're making fun of terrible men. (laughs) A part of this whole thing that I don't know if I could necessarily do is when you're calling out these men, sometimes the videos are directed towards you specifically. Sometimes they're more like, oh, like anyone who's over 120 pounds, and then you roast them. But sometimes they're directly to you. How do you not let that get to you after a while? Well, first off, like, 
for me, like, I'm just someone who knows exactly who I am. Um, and I don't value the opinions of terrible people. So, like, if you're awful and you're telling me I'm ugly, that means nothing to me. <laughs> and, like, on a more serious note, misogynistic men believe that women are vapid because they think women are stupid. So they think they hold all their worth and value in what they look like. So when you know for a fact that you have other characteristics about yourself that means so much more to you than what you look like, then it won't hurt you when they tell you that because you're like, well, I hold myself much higher than what I look like on the outside. And also you're balding, so you can't tell me. You can't tell me I'm ugly. <laughs> There's no way. So that's kind of how I see it. I find it funny because terrible people calling you ugly or fat or whatever means nothing to me because they got bigger problems. Like I said, balding by 22, which is a much bigger issue, I think. I love that so much. I think really, I mean, if you really think about it, when it comes to this content, I always wonder like, because I don't know where like all the creative ideas come from. Yeah. Did it come from, uh, you've just always been this person, you've been confident since birth, or was it like, oh, I went through a really bad relationship in like eighth grade. Like what was the journey to really find, because I know like girls when they're younger, yeah. they don't exactly have that confidence right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. So what was that journey like for you with confidence? Um, for me, I would say, I mean, it is kind of like cliche, but like I have always been this way to an extent. Obviously, everyone's insecure to some extent, um, but I've never valued the opinion of terrible men, literally ever, <laughs> if you talk to anyone from birth. But I think another part is like I'm someone. So like in someone culture, we're very matriarchal. So like we hold women in very high regard. So my dad has always treated my mom a very specific way. So I've seen that growing up. So I know what it looks like when men respect you and value you outside of what you look like and what you bring to the table, which is what they always like to say. So I've always held my standards very, very high for men because I have men in my life who have always superseded standards, which is why the man I'm with now over exceeds my expectations and standards and all of that. He goes far beyond them. So I always tell women, like, you deserve the best to so hold out for the best. It's going to take a while, but, like, you hold that standard high, take it out of hell girl, I promise someone will meet it. It's going to take a little bit, but I promise someone will meet it and it'll be worth the wait. So. So I asked you about like advice on how to really stand up for yourself against men. But what if a little girl's watching right now that doesn't have any confidence and she watches your videos and she's like, how do I even like begin? Because you can't just start calling out men if you don't have that confidence within you. Where do you think of a girl's like super insecure or doesn't even know to begin, where would she begin when it comes to confidence? Well, I think a lot of times confidence wanes because it's focused on the aesthetic. It's focused on the, on the shell, right? When you build up how you feel about you, no one's ever going to love you the way you love you. Like my man will never love me as much as I love myself, which is how it should always be. When you work on building up how much you love yourself, and that doesn't have to do anything with what you look like because I'm all about body neutrality. So it's just the shell that keeps you alive. It has no bearing on your worth or value in the world, let alone in dating. Right. So that's much smaller subset of life. Like there are much more important things in life. So when you work on building up your love for yourself, whether that's like building a craft, like focusing on a talent, right. Being really smart, being really funny. Like there are, women have so many facets to themselves that go far past looks. When you focus on that first, then the love will start to grow naturally. Then you'll be like, you know what? I do love my body. I do love what my face looks like. And you're going to have your days, like your insecure days. We all have those. I have those too. Um, but at the end, 
end of the day, as long as you know, like no one's ever going to love me as much as I love myself, then it will truly, you'll start to believe it. Once you really start practicing it, use manifestation. I always say affirmations, right? So I always use affirmations and all that because it helps. It really does. It helps you because you're also the meanest person to yourself. Like you're your biggest critic. So when you retrain your brain to start loving you the way you deserve, right? You're going to find someone who loves you the way you deserve. You're going to attract them. So that's where I would start. Start with loving you first. Wow. Can we title this video like where to go if you need any? I feel like that's like the best boy advice though. Like if I was little, I would want to hear, why don't you just like love yourself first and then kind of go from there. So I listen to your podcast all the time. I want to know some of these topics off the rails. So what is like the creative process? Because the creative process on TikTok compared to podcasting, what's that like? Okay, cool. Yeah, so I have a podcast called The Comment Section. Um, It's like a podcast show. I always call it my show. But I also have a podcast with my sister called Two Idiot Girls, uh, which is also great. But I think uh, the difference... Love that! Okay, so the difference is, um, I think... For my guests on my show, um, I always pick something that I feel like they would be really great talking about. And then we kind of just go from there. The beautiful thing about my show, my crew, everyone who works on my show is amazing, is that they kind of let me go off the rails because like we love to go off track all the time. But like when it comes to TikTok, it's really just like off the cuff. Um, my planning for my show is more so I pick a topic that I feel like they specialize in or they'd be really good at talking about, really funny, really smart. All my guests have been incredible. Uh, for my podcast with my sister, it's more so life advice, silly, goofy times. Like, we just like to tell stories and all that. I love to talk. I don't know if you can tell by looking at my content, but I love to talk. So I could talk to a sandwich for like an hour. So <laughs> that's kind of like how the creative process works. It's very like, it's very planned. And then some of it, like my TikTok, my podcast with my sister, it's kind of like more off the cuff, more like personal stories, that kind of stuff. So Yeah, I love your podcast so much. It's like insane. Every episode, I'm like, it's off the rails really that's how I would like describe it um when it comes to like for context you duet these videos of these men now sometimes they'll say things like again like about women's weight about their physical appearance like just really really shitty stuff right where do you so do you outsource these by yourself do people send you them is it a little bit of mix of both like where do you choose okay this guy needs to hear me and (laughs) Um, so at the beginning, it was more of a, like, I was going on looking for it. Now I'm at the time where, like, it's almost like cats when they bring dead birds to your doorstep. Like, that's literally my followers will go and get them and drop them off at my door. And they're like, hey, girly, let me know if you want to do this one. Uh, so they're like my, I like to call them my little birds. Like, they're always watching everywhere on every platform. It's not just TikTok. I get videos sent to me on Twitter, on Instagram, videos from Twitter, videos from Instagram, stories, posts, like you name it. Like they'll find any, anywhere they'll find it. So now I kind of just am more selective on how I choose just because I have like a myriad of things to choose from. Um, Some men are starting to like kind of try and lean into the skit a little bit and like almost goad me into stitching them. I never stitch those guys. Um, I always stitch people that never see me see coming. (laughs) They don't sense the waters, (laughs) the storm coming. So uh, that's kind of how I pick now. They they source it for me. And then I just kind of look through it like little files. So, <laughs> uh, Picking a video? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, 
one of my favorite ones, like from recently, um, was someone talking about how to how to playfully ask someone if they're fat. Women, how to playfully ask women if they're fat. Which, off the top, playfully, that's choice choice words. But nothing playful about asking someone if they're if they're fat. Um, that one got I got tagged in a million times, got sent to me a million times, and I was like, uh, and then I looked at it, and that was one of my favorites I've stitched so far because this guy like truly looked like he had the black plague, which made me laugh because he looked like he was rotting from the inside. So I didn't even get to the I didn't even get to the topic because I was like, you do not look good, brother. You look rough. Maybe focus on like healing from <laughs> from the scarlet fever that you have as opposed to like talking about fat women. Maybe focus on you, babe. So that's probably one of my favorite ones I've done recently. <laughs> so, because it made me laugh. So, and it did well. So, there you go. <laughs> you crack me up. Um, I, first of all, this interview could go on for 60 hours. I'm trying to think. Like, okay, one question I really want to know Has any of these men that you call out on TikTok mm -hmm. anywhere yeah. DM'd you or like made an apology or like has anyone apologized for being misogynistic? Mm. Um, the, well, sorry, I got lipstick on your thing. Um, the short answer is no. <laughs> no, they have never apologized. Have they tried to backpedal? Yes, many times. Have they tried to turn the tables and say, I'm just the meanest person in the world, I'm a big fat bully? Uh, yeah, they've done that many, many times. No one has ever apologized. I think at the, as far as the apology goes, it's literally just deleting the video, de deleting the account, privating the account. That's as far as it goes. Um, they never apologize, and it's because they're not sorry. They're only sorry they got caught. They're sorry I saw it. Um, and that's why I always tell people I don't waste time educating because people like this don't want to change. They don't they have no interest in changing. And quite frankly, you didn't come out of my cooter. So it's not my job to teach you how to change, babe. That's not my job. So I'm going to humiliate you and then you're never going to do it again. That's like how it works. So <laughs> that's my thought process. That's my creative process when it comes to how I like why I choose to stitch people like that and say the things I do. So, yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite part about your job? Because I would say out of all, like, it's not like you do outfits, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's not like you have a, you have a lot of freedom with your job. Like, it's not one little specific thing. What's your favorite aspect of your job? Is it like the podcast? Is it like, oh, I, I actually love putting down men and putting <laughs> them in their place because I could totally see that being like my favorite part. What's your favorite, like, element? I would say my favorite part, I mean, other than opportunity, obviously, like, you know, my show, my podcast, like all of those things are, are wonderful and amazing. And I am so incredibly lucky and blessed to be able to turn my platform into doing something like that. Um, but I would say my favorite part, like bar none, is um, getting to meet women and others in real life who have been like truly impacted by my content and my uh, account and just everything I stand for and do. Like, I can't tell you how many... DMs and messages I get a day from people telling me how I've changed their lives, how I saved them. I literally had someone come up to me uh, at a restaurant once and she told me that she just left her abusive ex of like four years because she's been watching my videos. And she was like crying and I was like, girl, you're going to make me cry in the art house. Why are you doing that to me, girl? Yeah, because <laughs> I was eating at the art house. So um, it was just that that is like truly what keeps me going because it does get hard like not that I like care like they call me a fat ugly person all the time <laughs> that doesn't matter to me at all but it does get taxing like seeing all the terrible things that men say I'm like exposed to the darkest corners of TikTok all the time so that gets really hard after a while it gets heavy to carry um but then I meet them in real life or I read their messages or they they tell me you make videos about me right and they talk about how much I've changed them or saved them and how I've built up their confidence and made them want to like, 
you know, stand up for themselves more. And then like that keeps me going. Like I hold on to shit like that. I'm sorry, I cussed. I hold on to stuff like that so heavy when I'm like really tired and it's like the weight gets really heavy. Um, but it's very rewarding. Makes me emotional. Don't tell the men. It's going to ruin my street credit. But <laughs> um, I just love the, my fans and followers and people who love me. Like the love is mutual, babe. Love them. <laughs> I love that. I really think they you've built like a really good connection too. Like you feel like you have their back because you're putting down these men that would come for, I mean, they're really coming for all of us, right? As women. So um, my last question will be, where do you see yourself in five years? You have the podcast, you have a very successful TikTok account as like a full career. Look, you're at VidCon. Like what is the next move? Is it like an advice kind of thing or is it a book? Like what's the vibe? I mean, as far as like, I would love, you know, to keep, you know, creating more avenues to be creative, whether it's like putting my show on a much bigger stage. I'd love to get into TV. I'd love to do a talk show. I'd love to do like more hosting gigs. I'd love to get into TV and movies like like five years from now. I would really hope that I've like been able to be on actual television and like be a host of a talk show. That's like probably my biggest dream. Um, But I would love to just keep doing what it is I do. I just want to keep growing the platform to a much bigger audience so I continue to like you know, inspire or help many, many, many more women and others who really find strength in my content. I'd love to just give it a much bigger voice five years from now, but I'm chilling right now. It's pretty great. (laughs) Tired, but awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for talking with me and giving me the inside scoop of like all the things. I love your content. I think every woman who needs a little bit of inspiration or anything like that should tell everyone where to follow you and where everyone can find you. Well, you can follow me at Drew Off Wallow. It's literally my first and last name on everything except Facebook. Don't request me there. That's just for me. And then uh, I have a show called The Comment Section. You can watch it on the Past Your Bedtime YouTube channel. And then I also have a podcast with my sister called Two Idiot Girls. You can stream both of those anywhere you stream podcasts, music, anything like that. But yeah, thank you so much for your time. This was so fun. Love (laughs) y'all. All All right, but that was a lot of fun, right, y'all? It was was popping. It was popping. Okay, we'll be back in the studio next week. Be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google. Am I missing one? No. No? All right. Wild, Isaac, Steph, we out. Bye-bye.